Welcome back to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse, and this time we're talking about Supergirl, Season 2, Episode 10, We Can Be Heroes Just for One Day. Alright, so uh, we start off, uh, the, the cops, Maggie, uh, sorting through some garbage and finds some crooks in the trash with a bag of money that they probably stole. Uh, she says, Guardians work in the night shift, and Guardian watches in a Batman-like way from the top of a nearby building. Um, all right. So the main the main plot here is that Livewire uh, has broken out of prison. Uh, we see uh, the breakout happen. She's talking to a psychiatrist. And she insists, by the way, that Leslie is gone. She's just Livewire. Uh, she really wants to kill Supergirl. And uh, she's sitting with her feet in a, in a kiddie pool. So there's water around her so she can't use her powers uh, without it hurting. She sort of threatens to use them on the shrink and then she says she wouldn't and blah blah blah. And what happens is we see a fake guard come up, choke out a real guard, let a random woman out of her cell, and then we're done. And uh, Maggie and Alex are in the cell checking it out and we hear Kara's voice uh, trying to get in as an, an agent of the press and they have a little bet about how long it's going to take her to do it. And if uh, Maggie wins, Alex has to try vegan ice cream. And if Alex wins, Maggie has to come to her place that night. Uh, I assume that because National City is based on L.A., that they live fairly far from each other. And it's kind of a pain for uh, Maggie to go to Alex's. And Alex usually goes to Maggie's. I assume. I, I, I have no basis for this, except that the bet is that Maggie will come to Alex's place. So who knows? Um, okay. So the other thing that's happening is that Monel is is training to be a superhero, and they do one of those things where they have uh, pop-up cardboard cutouts of people that Monel is supposed to protect, and they've got a Star Wars globe, uh, and it's shooting lasers at them, and uh, the first one, Supergirl, just blasts with her heat vision, which is, I mean, i got to imagine those things are expensive. Like, they're flying around and everything and shooting lasers? Like, that's not cheap, but... She zaps one, and then the next one comes up, and Monel breaks one, but unfortunately he deflects a laser into the cardboard cutout of a child, and uh, that burns. Now, as they've been doing this for a while, he says that that is their, their fewest number of cardboard fatalities. Supergirl thinks he's ready, so he's going to go with her the next time she goes out. And, of course, she's going to go out soon, because live wires broken out of uh, prison, and... Uh, they see that Livewire is attacking the cops. So Supergirl goes down to, to stop her, and, you know, it turns out that that's not Livewire. It, it's the woman who broke Livewire out of prisons, but, prison, but lo and behold, she's got Livewire's powers. So she's uh, uh, fighting Supergirl. The guard, or the fake guard who, who, showed, uh, who helped break Livewire out of prison is also fighting Supergirl. She tells Monel to protect the cops. He breaks a door off an SUV and is using that to block the lightning. Uh, she gets into a little bit of trouble. Apparently, one of the things you could do with lightning is uh, sustain it. So it's not just a zap. It's, it's a constant thing. And use it as a rope to wrap around people's wrists or necks or what have you. And you can yank them and pull them and do, do really whatever you want with it. Which is not a thing that I thought that electricity could do, but apparently it can't. So, you know, figure that out, 
I don't know. Um, so, Monel sees that Supergirl is in trouble because she's now fighting two of these people and she's got the electricity rope around her wrists. So he leaves the civilians, takes his car door, starts beating up on uh, the, the two live wire knockoffs. Uh, Guardian shows up, sees that the civilians are not protected, starts evacuating them. Somebody blasts Monel. He turns his car door at such an angle as to ricochet the lightning over to Guardian. So, hey, lightning bolt, you know, it goes until it bounces off a wall and then it comes back, I guess. Um, Guardian's got a shield up, but for some reason the electricity blasts them several feet back into an SUV. Now, the the two uh, live wire knockoffs leave when Supergirl uh, starts to uh, like starts to zap a water pipe, so water would start spraying on them. But they leave before that happens. Uh, Monel and Supergirl go out to check Guardian and the cop. They're okay, but Supergirl takes Guardian's helmet off, and it turns out to be James Olsen. So the very next scene is them having a conversation, and Kara is telling James that he can't do it, he can't be a hero, because he's a human, and one mistake is, you know, going to get him killed, which is not anything she voiced when she was fighting alongside Green Arrow, Speedy, and Spartan, right? You know, this is, you know, she didn't tell them, I mean, also, like... <laughs> Who's going to tell Ollie at this point that he can't do what he's doing because he's human? And, you know, this, this it goes back to the whole uh, vigilante regenerative capacity, right? It, any normal human would be physically unable to do what he's been doing for the past few years. But, hey, injuries don't matter. Uh, nor does wear and tear on the joints and bones and muscles. So, uh, James gets angry and is basically like, how can you tell me how to live? Which is, you know, true. It's like, you know, you're an alien. One of the two super-powered humans we know about got their powers through you somehow, lightning passing through a Kryptonian genetic matrix altered human physiology to become living electricity, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's really... I, I get that she's worried for her friend, but for crying out loud, yeah, you're, you're going to have... Um, you're going to have uh, people who are inspired by you who cannot do what you do. In fact, Monel can't do what you do. In fact, if Monel goes out, Monel's super suit needs to be bulletproof because that dude has a vulnerability to lead, which means he is not bulletproof. And a lot of bullets bounce off Supergirl, but she doesn't seem to consider this, right? She's only worried about Jimmy and his being human. Or James, I should say, and his being human. So the next... The next time we see them, uh, we don't even see, James isn't there. Uh, there's a meeting at the DEO. They're trying to figure out where Livewire is. Uh, they ask when. Wynn is like, I am not sure where Livewire is. I can't figure it out. And then calls James and is like, hey, I know exactly where Livewire is. I figured it out. Um, I should also mention that before all this happens, <laughs> we, we have cut to a scene with Livewire, and she is strapped down in what looks like a modified electric chair, and there is... Generic mad scientist 2A, uh, the one who hasn't shaved, standing over her. But he's also, I think, I want to say he's British, so weirdly British, I think. Um, and it's become apparent that he is somehow draining her energy and using it to transform people into 
live wires. That's that's it, right? Somehow he's figured out how to replicate her. He also says that he's figured out how to replicate her for the purpose of selling his super soldier super soldiers to the military. So there, there it's a nice commercial motive. Uh, he's not. He doesn't have a scheme. Uh, he doesn't want to control anything. He doesn't want to destroy anything. He just wants the cash. They, they don't morally censure. They just want the money, which, uh, by the way, is a reference to the blackmail sketch from Monty Python's Flying Circus. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, so we we cut back. James has uh, James and Wynn have decided to show Supergirl what they can do. So James breaks into Mad Scientist headquarters sees Livewire, tries to get her out, but is fighting not only the escaped convict and hired thug Livewires, but the doctor says, did you know most scientists experiment on themselves first? Which is not necessarily true, unless you're a superhero or a supervillain. Dark Beast from the Age of Apocalypse timeline came about because Hank McCoy uh, ended up experimenting on himself and turned himself evil. Um, yeah, you didn't need to know that. That's that's the other company. We're not we're not talking about Marvel. We're talking about DC. So then he zaps uh, Guardian and Guardian is captured. Oh, I should mention also Monel breaks in to help him, but it doesn't matter because there's three zappies and two heroes. One who's just sort of strong and the other one who doesn't have any powers. So they get zapped and they get captured. Now. Just want to stop to point out that the other two Livewire knockoffs look like Livewire knockoffs. Like, the one woman is sort of indistinguishable from Leslie unless you look at her really closely because she's got the white hair and the black eyes and the white skin and the whatnot. Um, the other guard who was who is African-American, like, they, like, rub some sort of white makeup on him so he looks like there's a, he's got a weirdly pale sheen to him. So there's, like, something has happened to these people to give them these powers. The doctor doesn't look like that. He just looks like he hasn't slept in a few days and is really stubbly. So he zaps them with, uh, by the way, the other live wires has, have blue lightning. He has yellow lightning. Maybe that's, maybe that's one of the reasons that his skin didn't change color. I don't know. But uh, Wynn tells Supergirl where Livewire is. She goes in. She breaks Livewire out. Livewire threatens her, and Supergirl's like, hey, I know you, you hate me, but that guy over there is the one who's trying to take your powers away, and I'm responsible for everything you are right now. So I didn't try to take your powers away. He did. And Livewire's like, all right, you got a good point. So she goes over to take care of the doctor, uh, and then Supergirl goes to help Guardian and Monel, and they're working as a team somehow, and it's great. And they're beating up the other two zappy folks, and they manage to stop them. And then Livewire is about to kill the doctor, and Supergirl's like, don't kill the doctor. And Livewire's like, you can't stop me from killing the doctor. And Supergirl's like, yeah, but you're going to leave, and then I can chase you. And Livewire's like, touche. Uh, and they come to an arrangement. The doctor's going to go to prison, but Supergirl's going to let Livewire escape. Now, Livewire, like, her whole thing is getting revenge on Supergirl, and everybody she's zapped or something is is sort of, has been in the way of that, or uh, she's done it to further her goal of killing Supergirl. So now that she's on the run, like, we don't know what she's going to do. Hopefully she's not going to zap anybody. Supergirl is going to go after her, so she's out there 
you know, she can make a big villain comeback or what have you, but Supergirl has decided that she, since she could be convinced to let the Doctor live and to not attack Supergirl, to not be the scorpion and the scorpion and the, the turtle um, parable, uh, real quick, sorry, that's the one where the scorpion needs to cross the river and ask the turtle, and the turtle says, no, you'll sting me, and the scorpion says, no, I won't. And they're about halfway across the river when the scorpion stings the turtle, and the turtle's like, why did you do that? And the scorpion's like, well, it's my nature. Um, which is sort of unfair to scorpions, because I think they only sting when they're threatened. But uh, in this case, Livewire overcame that and didn't zap Supergirl in the middle of a fight that Supergirl was waging on Livewire's behalf. But anyway, so uh, our three heroes win the day, and they go back to the DEO, and there's a conversation about, well, what, you know, what can we do? Like, are we... Are we still doing this? What's going on? And Supergirl's like, if you keep doing this, I can't support it. And James and Wynn are like, fine, whatever. So again, it's like this, you can't do this if you're a human because you'll get killed. And it's really, you can't do this if you're a human that I care about because you'll get killed and I'll feel bad. But, you know, Supergirl's not telling cops not to be cops, uh, and it's it's dangerous to be a cop in National City, because you got people with futuristic weapons, you got people with powers, you're about to have a problem with white Martians, which we'll get to in a second, uh, so it seems a little, it seems, the, the reasoning seems a little weak here, like, it, it's, it, it's one of those things that, that, you know, you write into a show where it's like, I'm going to get super angry at this and do something plot-related, but you have another example of pretty much the same thing happening, and that doesn't trigger a response from the person who got mad at the first thing. Um, so that's that. Uh, I The White Martian thing, that is a subplot I haven't been talking about. That is McGann Moore's uh, in herself freaks out and starts saying some nasty stuff in White Martian, and then she collapses, and they're doing scans on her, and it appears that her brain is dying and taking her body with it. Uh, Jean Jones is like, all right, I have a bond with her. I know what's going on with her. I'm going to go ahead and use the bond. She is trapped at the moment at which she turned on her fellow White Martians, let the Green Martians free of the camp and killed the other guards because she was asked to kill a child and that didn't sit well with her. She didn't do it. Uh, you know, and then they have this touching conversation where McGann is like, I know I can't replace your people, but I could at least make you feel less lonely. I wanted to be your friend. And Sean is like, we have this bond. We are friends. And she's like, and I'm going to go back to my cell after this. And he's like, no, I'm an idiot. And he brings her back out and they're, they're okay. Except she says... This was all the result of a psychic attack. Jean says, from who? He's like, my people, they know I'm here, they're coming. Which was the plot of a, um, it was it was a Justice League thing. There, were, there was a group of white Martians who were masquerading as superheroes. I think Batman figured out that they were white, white Martians, and then everybody had to go fight them. And, of course, the Justice League won. I might have that comic somewhere. I'd have to go check my JLA stuff. I really, I really only had the Morrison run. Anyway, moving on. Uh, and the other subplot is that Supergirl and Monel, uh, you know, there's this whole will they, won't they, you know, they had the kiss and then Monel has been denying it this whole time. Supergirl confronts him on his motives. Like Jimmy Olsen doesn't think he can be a hero because he thinks Monel is selfish. 
And she's like, why are you fighting with me? Are you fighting with me or alongside me because you like me? Or are you fighting alongside me because... And he's like, I should be. I should do this. I should fight alongside you. I'm meant to do... I can't, you know... She's like, you kissed me. And he's like, you said that. I don't remember. And then at the end of the episode, he's like, I totally remember. And it was meaningful for me because I kissed you and now I could die. And it was okay because I kissed you. And Supergirl takes off her glasses and looks pensive and... He's like, I know you don't feel the same way about me, but then that's fine. It's okay. We're going to be partners. We're still going to be okay. And she's conflicted about it. She clearly has feelings for him. Uh, that like that, that was obvious in the kiss scene. Um, I don't know. I've already said that I liked Supergirl not having a romantic interest. I thought that was uh, better. Uh, I, I, I think that it's not... Super cool to have Monel pining for her. It's it's just a weird, weird plotline. Also, James is still clearly interested, even though they got rid of that storyline too. Uh, he's jealous of Monel. Uh, I I don't know. I it's will they won't they again? And I'd rather they just go won't they? I'd rather she treated him the same way she treated James to be like you know what I really want you as my friend, but I don't want you as a romantic partner. And just leave her without a romantic partner. Uh, mind you, I understand that not only does the genre sort of demand that sort of relationship, but the fandom, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure people are shipping her with everybody. I earlier uh, mentioned that there was a scene where I sort of shipped her with uh, Lena Luther. Um, I'm just going to say, I think that would be cool. I don't think it's going to happen because we already have one lesbian relationship on the show. And we're lucky that we actually have two lesbians. Uh, I'm uh, sorry, let me go back. We don't know. We know that there are two women in a relationship with each other. They could be bi, they could be pan. Uh, but we have two women in a relationship with other with, with each other. Uh, that's probably going to be it in terms of queer relationships on the show. So at least we've got the one. Uh, okay, uh, I think that's going to be it for this episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you had a good day. And uh, I'll see you next time.